Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Hey, Dog Nation, I'm Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Breda Pest Manager, and we are, for the last time, I'm thankful to say, live in Los Angeles uh, to talk to you about what we have been talking about, the Georgia Bulldogs national champions here once again. Go for two in 22, or as we're now saying it, back Two back dog national champions. The mission is complete. Georgia got two in 22. And boy, don't you know that national championship trophy going to look good next to the one from the previous year. Uh, no one can question right now Georgia's supremacy in uh, college football. And we're certainly excited about that. And over the course of the next few minutes, we're going to continue to kind of look back on the aftermath of that national championship. Mike Griffith is going to stop by. We'll get some memories from him of what it's been like being in Los Angeles here over the course of the uh, last couple of days. And I'll also tell you that I was doing our first and 15 this is the comment section we do starting at 9:45 at dognation.com and on the uh, dog nation app so before i kind of get into the um the rest of the stuff of the show today i was you know we had a dog, a dog fan there uh, his name is brian whitehead he was talking about how you know trying to travel back from los angeles after the game had some travel complications and having to sleep in the airport he said because of some cancellation issues which i know is in- incredibly frustrating and obviously it kind of reminds me of all the georgia fans that i've talked to since being here and you know the expense of travel right it is i mean listen from a business standpoint i can tell you it's not easy bringing a bunch of folks out of here and you know you don't see all the equipment that i have to bring but i'm checking like five bags to uh, fly back because got cameras and lights and uh you know all the equipment that allows us to do these shows and yet for many of you for the the fun the entertainment you're spending a lot of money too so if you go to dognation.com and check out the uh the full press conference that kirby did on tuesday this is yesterday before uh, he and the team went back home you know kirby didn't mention that which i really like not about hey b i'm sorry you had to carry so many bags but just for georgia fans themselves of like i know it's expensive to come out here he said something about that the fact that there are a lot of georgia fans who really had to had to save up to do this or they are going to choose to do without something else in the new year because they wanted to experience this here in los angeles and i was really glad that kirby smart took a moment to to say that and, and appreciate that because we know that money is the engine that drives college athletics and we also know that a place like georgia it takes a lot of expenditure almost to get someone like Kirby's attention. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that, you know, it's the big donors who oftentimes have the attention of Kirby Smart, those who are giving many hundreds of thousands of dollars, those that are helping build, you know, facilities in years past. Or maybe now you think about that more in terms of what you're putting towards your NIL. You know, those are the guys that maybe are getting more of that sort of interactive, you know, opportunity with the uh, with the folks around the Georgia football program. And yet it's it's dog nation far and wide that creates the vibe that we all enjoy around georgia football and those who come to la to help create that they did have to dig deep they had to reach down at a time in which a lot of things are really more expensive than they've ever been yet georgia fans showed up here in huge numbers they were part of the party they're part of the celebration the smiles that i saw you know late monday night into tuesday morning throughout the day yesterday still being here in los angeles you're reminded of just how much enjoyment and happiness people get out of georgia football and yeah it does end up costing a lot of money i was glad that kirby smart acknowledged that that a lot of folks spend a lot of money to cheer on these dogs uh but man what an enjoyable thing we get because of all of that i'll also say this too and then we'll get into the uh, regular show 
I mentioned the fact that the full press conference from yesterday is up at dognation.com. There is so much stuff over the course of the last few days that you want to make sure that you see, especially since the game ended late on Monday. You kind of go into Tuesday and you know, you're kind of back at work. National championships are always weird because they're kind of jammed right into the middle of, a, or I should say the early portion of a work week, kind of the early portion of a year. And so it's kind of a busy crowd of times. People are trying to get their new routine started, get their kids back in school. So it's not easy to follow along with everything that's been going going on but i want to make you aware of a few things at dognation.com the coverage continues and now what you're seeing is kind of that transition to some of the news that comes out in the aftermath of uh george winning the national championship guys like jalen carter keely ringo uh you know confirming their status is on their way to the nfl draft guys like brett scyther entering the transfer portal you know kind of in some cases maybe you know even shooting down some rumors of guys who maybe were you know rumored to be going to the transfer portal that might not be there's going to be a lot of this and listen it's not nefarious no one's trying to you know you know create a, you know a, a, a wrong impression but sometimes that there are assumptions made of well, maybe this guy's going maybe this guy's not and sometimes people change their mind or sometimes you know things are not quite what they appear the point though is is that a lot of the news here of course the next few days kind of becomes a little bit more about the roster management part of this of well who is actually going to still be on this team in 2023 so you can see a lot of that dognation.com and on the dog nation video channel such as our dog nation youtube page you can see the full accounting of all the press conferences that have gone on uh the last few days and really fun video from last night of the team arriving back in athens uh warmly received as you would imagine uh so really good stuff up there on the page there uh, at dognation.com the dog nation uh, video channels there too so that's worth your time and as you kind of continue to enjoy go for two and 22 back to back dog national champions as you continue to enjoy all of that i think dog nation our page our, our video pages our, our our social channels i think those will be great resources for you as you do all of that all right any questions about that let's now kind of dive into what i thought was a really cool moment from yesterday so press conference it was on it was you know here at the hotel where i am right now getting ready to leave after this is done here at the hotel uh you know kirby was talking about a couple of different things and one of the things that came up there was the way in which they kind of discovered lad mcconkey and the fact that mcconkey has become a very good player at georgia and you know when when georgia really kind of locked in on him for the first time georgia was sort of surprised that you didn't have more schools kind of chasing down mcconkey the way that georgia was and i think that javon bullard's also an example of that on defense we know the story now of javon kirby has told it very well of back during that pandemic year of 2020 when you know, gyms were closed, when certainly school was closed, when a lot of football teams and football seasons were closed and shut down, when the game of football was really kind of knocked off its axis in a very big way because of that pandemic. A guy like Javon Bullard was working just as hard as ever, and he was doing it in his yard, and he was sitting up the cones and running the drills and taking videos of himself, sending those out, sending them to places like George. And here's George looking at this stuff and saying, wait, is this real? Is this guy really working this hard during all of this? And yeah, nobody else seems to know who he is, but gosh, if this is what we're seeing on this video, if this can be confirmed, if this can be uh, you know, demonstrated in real life, we may actually have a football player here. And it seems like a lot of those stories are a part of what leads Georgia to win a national championship. Now, listen, make no mistake about this. Uh, it's also the four-star, the five-star guy there as well, the, the can't-miss prospect that everybody wanted to get their hands on. But you would acknowledge here, on both sides of the ball, a good number of Georgia's most successful players on this current national championship team, in some respects on last year's national championship team, and on Kirby Smart teams in the years prior to that that laid the, the, the foundation, the groundwork for these championship teams, some of the guys 
guys who've been the best for Georgia during this era were not necessarily the kinds of players that everyone was competing and everybody was fighting for. So what I asked Kirby yesterday, you're going to hear this here in a moment, is when it comes to the way in which your roster is put together, when it comes to the talent acquisition pro, uh, you know, process, how much of this is really about scouting? How much of this, when you talk about what led Georgia to go back-to-back, dog national champions, uh, how much of this is about identifying players that other programs just don't really see and if that is the case what exactly are you looking for I thought that this was a fun exchange uh, I was lucky enough to be able to ask Kirby this uh, yesterday and I wanted to start our show today by talking about it uh, this is Kirby Smart Brandon Adams from Dog Nation this question's for Kirby you talked about Lad story a little earlier Javon maybe somewhat similar in the recruiting process how important is that scouting part of this the ability to maybe see what other programs have missed in terms of some of the success stories that you have on this team this year and really throughout your entire time here as George coach yeah I don't think anybody's got it figured out I certainly don't think we have a secret sauce for for identifying players we all watch the same tape the problem is I've come to the conclusion there's very minimal difference between player A and player B if they're if they're both starting, both playing, and they're both getting recruited by SEC schools, there's minimal difference. The difference is in the hardwiring of that player. And I don't know, we all talk about it, we all say, well, I want the right guy, I want intangibles, I want him to have this and that and this and that. Like, the difference in these two is they hate to lose. Like, these guys hate to lose against each other day in and day out. And I've started saying, you know what, you're going to sign 3D tackles, you're going to sign 5DBs, you're going to sign two tight ends, you're going to sign a quarter. Sign the ones that can't stand losing. And, you know, the ability part, it's important. It's not, it's not, it's not to be diminished. But sign the right mental makeup and get people that can develop. Um, and, and, and how do you measure that, right? Like, 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 you can't measure that just on a phone conversation. You know, these two guys were Zoom babies. They zoomed, and, and this guy sent in 100 videos. We've heard about his videos, but Coach Munkin zoomed with him and his coach to sell his coach on how we could use him to make him believe that, you know what, I can be a part of an offense that hadn't used the tight end that way. And so he had to sit on a Zoom, and I'm like, if they'll sit on a Zoom during COVID, they go, they'll probably be successful because most people won't do that. In recruiting, kids are like, I'm not sitting on a Zoom and talking about that. Well, this guy was sending in videos out in his backyard. You know, he's, he's got a military background. And when you've got a military background, you probably got some toughness and some, some makeup about you that makes you the right way. And we, we've been fortunate to make some good decisions on kids that, uh, you know, maybe other programs didn't value their uh, intangibles enough. So I think that's really interesting for Kirby Smart and nice to give for him to give us a little bit of a window into kind of how he thinks about putting a team like this together. And I'll tell you, you know, the concept of football is a very big idea, and there's a lot that goes into making someone a good football player and making a collection of good football players into a good team. And different people are sort of fascinated by different parts of it. Like, I, I'm not that into, like, drawing the stuff up with a chalkboard and, you know, you know, talking about all the, like, the really hardcore X and O stuff. I'm just not that fascinated by that part of the game necessarily. But, man, I am really into this part of it because it's very obvious to see just how difficult it is, and it's very obvious to see just how important it is, for, as Kirby said there, to kind of truly find those guys who just hate losing. And that if you really have that kind of competitive fire within your program, if you really have that in place, then, well, you know, clearly, you know, clearly you're going to be able – 
to thrive. But the goal is, the, the, the challenge is, is making sure you do indeed know um, exactly you exactly what that is you're able to to truly see that for what it is that ability to kind of to kind of see that that true competitive fire to identify that and be able to bring that out and listen you can watch things like the nfl draft and you can recognize just how hard this is because even the guys who get paid to do this for a living like nfl gms that get one first round pick honestly does anybody bat much more than 50 50 500 in terms of Picking a guy in the first round of the NFL draft that ends up being everything you thought they were going to be. Those of us here in Atlanta would say we'd love the Falcons to even be able to bat 50-50 on something like that. Even be able to bat 500. But even the very best organizations, it seems like they only end up having about a 50% chance of really identifying with that one draft pick someone who's going to really succeed for their team. The obvious difference between college football and its roster construction is the fact that you don't get just one first-round pick. Recruiting gives you a chance to have in the past like 25 different first-round pick type guys. But once again, still, from a collection of elite talent. I think that Kirby's right about this, it, that if you step out there on one of these, you know, the big recruiting websites when they have their events, you see the guys out there running the drills together, or, you know, Jeff's been out at Under Armour in Orlando or the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. When you see players of that caliber, they all kind of look the same. They're all well-built. They're all, you know, you know, big for their position. They, they, they run well. They're, they're clearly – easily distinguished from the rest of the players in, in, in high school football. It's obvious that these particular you know, bodies and body types are in a different category. But what about within the category of just guys who have the look and the athleticism to be able, able to play in college football? How do you differentiate between that? And that's what Kirby's talking about right there, that ability to identify the competitive fire that exists in a guy like Javon Bullard. You see it on the field, uh, and you hear it when Bullard speaks. And Georgia would not have won the national championship without guys like that, much the same way uh, Jordan Davis would kind of fit that profile going back to, to 2021 as well. You know, also on the offensive side of the ball, as we said, you know, someone like Ladd McConkey, who it sort of looks like, well, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. But if that's the case, then how come he's doing it? Because, as Kirby would say, this is a guy who just has that competitive fire. Obviously, Stetson Bennett is an example and, and a version of all of this, too, that that, you know, these are guys who just love to compete. These are guys who just don't want to lose. And when you don't want to lose to that degree, you'll do anything you can to prevent that from happening. And if you think about why Georgia is where it is, that's sort of what it comes down to. This Georgia coaching staff, who themselves are fiery competitors, have sought out players who want to compete at that same level. And when you've got great athletes who have a hunger to win and uh, really an allergy to losing, well, magical things can happen, like 15-0, like 65-7 in a national championship game, and like back-to-back dog national champions. Got two in 22. You better believe Georgia did just that. And my name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Breda Pass Management. And I'm telling you, I am very, very happy to say this is the last day that I'll be in Los Angeles, at least for a while. Next year, the uh, playoffs back in the Rose Bowl, so we may be back in L.A. at some point. But uh, for now, I'm very happy to come back home. Looking forward to seeing my family. Looking forward to seeing all of you back in our friendly confines of our dog nation world headquarters studios 
I am just really looking forward to all of that. But for one more day here, we're here and we're doing this. So uh, we appreciate that. And listen, we're also so thankful for the folks here in L.A. who've made this such a great home for us here over the course of the uh, last few days. And as we get ready to say goodbye to them, I'll say thanks to all of you who've given us your great support that allowed us to come out here and travel and the sponsors who've made that possible there as well, including our friends at Breda Pest Management. You know, they're the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. And I know Matt Breda from Breda Pest Management, he and his family who've, you know, been taking such great care to make this business grow and thrive over the years. I know how happy they are about the national championship uh, that Georgia won on Monday because I've celebrated with them uh, at Georgia games before. And I just uh, that makes me very happy to think about that. Very thankful for great sponsors like uh, Breda Pass Management who kind of allowed us to be here and doing this show here today. So my invitation to you is do business with folks like Breda who love the dogs, who want to see the dogs succeed, who are happy when Georgia wins. It's fun to do business with them. And when you go to Sanford Stadium on Saturday, if you're going to be there for the big championship celebration, don't forget that Sanford Stadium is protected by Breda Pest Management. Bugs and critters and termites and things like that, uh, Breda Pest Management is the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. And the good news is the same strength they lend to UGA, they can provide that there for you too. I told you, it's, this is a family-owned business that's been going on since the 1970s. they got more than 100 employees. And the strength they've established over the course of years uh, becomes the kind of thing they want to leverage for your benefit. They're going to use their resources to allow you to save money. So when you make the switch to Breda Pest Management, they're going to save you money instantly just for doing that. So find them online, BredaPest.com. That's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com. You can find them today and uh, make the switch, put more money in your pocket. So you need that termite protection, get it at a better cost and a better service from our friends at Breda Pass Management. Uh, bugs, critters, things like that. Don't let th This time of year when it's cold outside, that stuff's trying to get inside. Uh, squirrels and things like that, flying squirrels, uh, Matt will tell you about. Uh, weird stuff. Uh, keep all that stuff on the outside where it's supposed to be. Our friends at Breda Pass Management are going to help you with that. It's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com for a lot more on that. Okay, we're going to have Mike Griffith stopping by and seeing us here in a couple of minutes. Before that, though, I do want to go around the doghouse. And I want to keep the conversation going to a degree that we're having before, which is that Kirby Smart said you want to identify those guys that hate to lose. That when you're looking at a guy who may not have the same recruiting credentials as some other player you're recruiting, and as we said, make no mistake, Georgia still recruits obviously mostly elite athletes, the sort of obvious choice that all the big-time programs are pursuing. That's mostly what Georgia goes after. But Georgia wouldn't be as good as it has been if it didn't also really hit on a few other guys as well that were not quite as top of mind for some of the programs that Georgia competes with. And so Kirby says, hey, one of the real identifying characteristics when you're scouting, when you're trying to build a roster, when you're trying to find guys that can help you, uh, it's that desire to compete. And yeah, maybe, maybe the body type doesn't exactly line up with the way this position has always looked. And maybe this is a little bit unorthodox from a story standpoint of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of these guys, you know, uh, background, A.D. Mitchell didn't play a ton of football prior to coming to Georgia uh, in his senior year. And you have examples of that where there's a little bit of an unorthodox uh, kind of path that gets traveled to get there uh, to UGA. Ultimately, they, Kirby said yesterday, if we can really identify those guys that we believe are insatiable competitors, then we feel like 
like we've got a pretty good team. Well, Kirby also yesterday kind of talked about kind of how that shows up in preparing for this national championship and this go for two in 22 season. And uh, Jeff Sintel actually asked the question about the, the, the look of these Georgia practices, the whole notion of iron sharpening iron, the idea that you get better by competing against someone who's just as good as you. And we were certainly led to believe that what Georgia did and the practices leading up to the game against TCU was far more competitive than what the actual national championship game ended up being. And Kirby actually told kind of a funny story. And this is one of the things. Listen, I, you know, I hate the fact that Kirby didn't get any sleep or anything like that, but on an early morning after a national championship, when there's very little sleep to be had by the people in the room asking the questions, guys like Kirby and uh, th- those who were answering them, by the way, more on that uh, before we're done, sometimes in that kind of like relaxed moment where you are just, you know, you're too tired to be guarded, you end up getting some of the best stuff. And I thought that Kirby really gave you some really good stuff yesterday, including going into some more detail about exactly how competitive some of these Georgia practices have been to the point that Kirby was also almost getting a little bit worried about how competitive some of these were being. This is actually really, really funny. Uh, very candid from Kirby around the doghouse. Let's hear more from Kirby right now on that. Yeah, I, I, I love the iron sharpens iron. I told our guys, I mean, every scrimmage we have, I said, you think you can get ready to go play teams in our league? You better get ready to play today. If you're not at your best today, you'll get embarrassed. And you're going against the best defense or offense you'll face. And uh, they respect that. Our guys truly respect that. And those those matchups, even I go back to the Ohio State week, Tuesday practice, we're in the indoor. And they were, I mean, I was ready to call practice off. They were going at it, and it, it was like Jalen Carter came to me and said, hey, can we do a bet, Coach, that we win team run over the offense, and whoever wins doesn't have to run, and we, the other team has to run. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. I mean, I, I'll go for a game, competition, make it a little fun. I usually don't like motivation tactics like that because it's artificial and you have to simulate it every time. Oh, I thought they were going to kill each other. You know, we had two guys tackle. We injured a, a, a back, and I'm like, guys, we're going to cancel practice if y'all keep doing this because they were getting after it. And uh, those are those legendary matchups. I always liken it to the uh, Dream Team when they played. And they talk about how those two, two, two teams went at each other and Jordan took over. And it was like that in our, in, our, in our building. And I'm like, if cameras could see these guys go at it, you know, Cedric Van Fran takes so much pride in winning team run, and Jalen Carter takes so much pride in winning team run that there comes a time when you got to call it off. Uh, and when you got that, you got something special. So I think that's really good from Kirby Smart. And I'm also going to talk really loud here for a moment because Mike Griffith is looking to trying to find uh, where I am right now. He just texted me to say that. So uh, I'm going to talk, see if I can talk loud and see if my voice will be a, uh, a siren's call to bring Mike over here to uh, where I'm doing the broadcast from. And we'll talk to him here coming up in just a moment. And I, like I said before, I, you know, you get a relaxed version of Kirby on the Tuesday after a national championship game. And now fortunately we've been able to hear from Kirby in this spot over the course of the uh, last couple of years. Um, um, and telling that story about the Georgia practice being so competitive that Kirby almost had to shut them down, or the fact that Jalen Carter wanted to do team race, and they're tackling each other trying to win the race, and they're getting people hurt and things like that. And Kirby's, Kirby's like your dad going on vacation, where you, uh, you know, you end up saying, "Hey, I'm gonna turn this car right back around. We're gonna go back home." Kirby's basically saying, "I'll shut this practice down if y'all don't stop doing uh, what you're doing." Uh, I just think that's, I think that's really funny, and. 
those of us that, you know, obviously we don't get to see, you know, much of that, you know, no jokes here about the yoga and the stuff like that that we do get to see when you see practice. But I'm not all of us who are Georgia fans. We don't really get to see um, uh, we don't get to see what Kirby's describing there. But the fact that he does describe it, I think is I think is great. And the fact that Georgia did get after it so much prior to that Ohio State game and, you know, knowing what the stakes were there, getting after it still going into this game against uh, uh, against TCU. I, I think that that seeing that I just think that it's just really fun to know that's how much they wanted to put into the national championship they wanted to win. A lot of these guys have sort of different things going on when it, after this is all said and done. Uh, and Mike, you can step on in here. Um, a lot of these guys have different things they're, they're going to be doing after this is all said and done. But for now, whether it's next mission transfer portal or next mission going for the national championship or, next, or I should say going for NFL, whatever else, whatever the future is for these guys who are on this team here this year is about winning this national championship, competing hard against each other at practice in order to be able to do that. It was really funny and fun to hear Kirby Smart talking about that yesterday. I'm happy to bring on Mike Griffith here now. Mike, you found us. I, what I try to do is, so as I'm talking to in the show, Mike texts me and say, I'm trying to find where you are. And so I said, well, I'm going to start talking loud here as a, as a way of hoping that'll just be like a siren's call that draws you to us over here. But I know it's still early in L.A., so appreciate you getting up and appreciate you being a part of our show here today and obviously looking forward to hearing your memories and kind of what you'll recall about what happened there on Monday night. What a remarkable run for Georgia, culminating in a 15-0 season, winning the national championship, and frankly as dominant a performance in any game as I've almost ever seen. The fact that it came in a national championship only makes it that much more remarkable. Uh, what's your, I guess now another day removed, what's your takeaway from what happened here in L.A.? Well, I mean, every time you watch a game, you kind of go through in your mind, you know, what Georgia needs to do to win and what you need to look out for. And it was just, it was like a checklist, B.A. It was like, you know, you needed to see the Georgia run game and the offensive line gain control. They did that. You saw the body blows, the way Georgia had those long, sustained drives. And I thought to myself, there's no way this TCU team is going to be able to hold up. Even if the damage isn't done right now, this team's going to feel this in the second half. And I felt fairly confident, you know, by the middle of the first quarter, Georgia was going to win this football game. I felt confident when I saw the matchup. Quentin Johnson was another guy. You always heard, well, they got this receiver and they can come from behind and he's a top 10 pick. He had one catch for three yards. They threw to him early. There were two dogs on top of him. They smoked him out. He didn't catch another pass the rest of the night. I mean, just going down the checklist and seeing the execution and people saying to me, oh my gosh, can you believe how Stetson Bennett played? And I said, well, yeah, I can believe how he played. It looked a lot like the Oregon game. And when you execute Todd Munkin's offense and as Kirby said, stay within the offense like Stetson did against Oregon, like Stetson did against Tennessee. These guys were unstoppable. And we said all year when Stetson Bennett plays well and runs the Munkin plan, George is unbeatable. And they were unbeatable. And Stetson was special. And you could see the extra from him. And it was really nice to see. And you thought, man, this is a gr as great of a championship game for a football team as I've ever seen. Now, there's people out there, Brandon, and, and the people that are watching. Oh, it was TC. Look, TCU beat Michigan. Just those people need to go away. TCU deserved to be there. TCU came from behind double digits in four games. TCU scored a lot of points. TCU had better schedule strength. TCU was not some undeserving poor football team. That was the Heisman Trophy runner-up at quarterback. He's a very motivated, special young man in Max Duggan, and we'll talk to him more at the Senior Bowl in the month about this game, I'm sure, but that was a team that worked very hard to get there. 
And what you saw was Georgia football playing their best game of the year. And all year long, you had that sneaking suspicion. You heard Kirby say it. We haven't played our best game yet. We have. We saw their best game, and it was awesome. If you don't mind stepping back just a little bit, yeah. we'll get ourselves framing the camera a, a little bit more here. And I think the point that you bring up is, is a really good one in that, listen, Georgia's not going to apologize for playing TCU in this spot because ultimately I think it stands as a reminder of the fact there was no one for Georgia to play. The national championship probably ended up being Ohio State, Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Well, guess what? Georgia won that game there as well. And a lot of the Alabama fans are going to step up and say, well, what about us? This just proves we should have been in. I'm sorry. Alabama was not good enough to play Georgia this year. They lost twice in the regular season. They're not a relevant name in this discussion for me right now. In the case of TCU, you know, once again, obviously 65-7, to seven, you know, it's certainly an embarrassment for them. But in terms of how they earned their way here, you know, they were beating teams. They were point spread underdog in a lot of the games they won this year. You beat Texas, you know, you know, handling business against Oklahoma and kind of that stretch run at the end of the year. They did get a win against Kansas State, although Kansas State got them in the Big 12 title game. The fact that it's TCU that gets dismantled in the national championship game for me, though, Mike, what that just sort of speaks to is there was no competition for Georgia. Georgia blew out Michigan last year. If Michigan had beaten uh, TCU, I'm not saying it had been 65-7, to but I don't have much reason to believe it would be much closer than last year's Orange Bowl was. The team I believe that was capable of playing Georgia close was Ohio State, and they did, and they still lost. And this was just one of those years where there wasn't a B story. There was really one story. It was the Georgia dominance over everybody else in the sport, and really no one else is on that same plane. And really, for me anyway, no one else is part of that same conversation at all. Yeah, and I think about this. I think I'm right. I think TCU played Texas and Austin with game day. Am I correct? I think that's correct. Yeah. I think they won 17-7. to Arch Manning, who was just signed up for there, 17-7. to So Texas scored seven points at home against TCU. And Georgia just put 65 on them in a neutral site. If you're the Manning family, you kind of want maybe you should have, you know, all gas, no breaks. They say, all gas, no breaks, Texas. Seven points on TCU this year. Georgia put 65 on them and pulled the starting quarterback with 13 and a half minutes left. Georgia was trying not to score. They were running the ball at the end. But Todd Munkin didn't want 65, okay? Branson Robinson made that happen. He said, look, I'm getting mine. Everybody got theirs, right? Everybody's going to I've, I've been watching a lot of football this year. I'm about to go out here and score in a national championship, I guess. Well, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, somebody asked me about the portal and I'll go there now because I think this is kind of interesting we've been keeping up with this on dog nation we already had our our team call this morning you can check us out all day dognation.com Connor and Jeff and BA and myself we're going to update you on all that my thought on this this is real simple if you didn't get into that game you probably ought to leave because if you didn't get into that game I looked at the roster I looked at the PFF ranking I mean my goodness they, they must have played 70 75 guys in that game if you didn't play there's a message there and it's going to be interesting Brandon because this is this is it's a twofold thing. Kirby's already met with most all of his guys. I think there's no there's not many mysteries at Georgia. He's pulled different guys aside at different times whether to talk about whether they're going pro or guys that he said wanted to go in the portal but wanted to hold their decision until after the game so as not to be a distraction. I still think there's a few holdouts where it's kind of like, coach, I really want to stay. Yeah, but you really aren't playing. It'd really be better for you. And that's where it gets tough, right? And I'm not exactly sure how that works out when you've got a guy that's maybe been in the program three or four years. He's not playing. He's taking a scholarship. He doesn't want to go. I, I don't know how you manage that. But this is where we're at right now, you know, as far as kids that can leave whenever they want. I think staffs have to have a little bit of power, too, to manage themselves because you got to have a productive team. And listen, Kirby Smart, you saw it. Now, he's not going to talk it, but I 
saw the gif. I'm going to do a story on it. He said one. He said yeah. two. And he held up three. And when I was in that locker room, Brandon, it didn't feel like any finality or any completion. I felt like I was walking into a process. Those guys are already talking about next year. Yeah, it's interesting to think about that. When you look back when it happened on Monday, you talk about the 65 points that Georgia scores. You know, I think defensively, the way in which they – this is a TCU offense. has been averaging more than 41 points per game on the season. The one low-scoring game you mentioned kind of was the Texas game. But other than that, this is a TCU team that really scored – with regularity against everybody. And so when you talk about the success, about how this national championship game came together, how this national championship season came together, what Georgia did defensively bouncing back, and if they got some criticism after giving up 41 to Ohio State and giving up some points in the second half to LSU, they'd gotten some criticism. What they did defensively on uh, Monday night against TCU, I don't think that should get lost in the shuffle in comparison to the offense finding a way to score 65 points. Well, I mean, it all goes together. It's complimentary football, right? I mean, when your defense is, is pitching three and outs and you put the offense back out there. I mean, my goodness, we, we saw the last game that Georgia lost in SEC regular season play was Florida, and, and that was because they kept putting Trask out there in the second quarter. You know, the Georgia offense could, couldn't run the ball. They kept going three and out, three and out, three and out, and Florida scored 24, 28 points. When your defense is putting you back out there, they're helping your offense out. That has everything to do with it. So it all kind of goes together. And to your point, now there's two big question marks for me. I don't. There's not another Jalen Carter, okay? There's not one on the portal, and there's not one on the team. So you're, you're going to miss somebody very special that's irreplaceable, so you wonder how does Georgia scheme around that? How much better can Nazir Stackhouse and Zion Lowe get? That's going to be very important. Barry Alexander, obviously another one of those young guys that's grown into this role. So you're going to be missing Great game on Monday from Bear, by the way. He really did. He was near the top of the charts and how he graded out. And there's no Chris Smith. You know, the guy, the statue for me on Georgia the last two years, Chris Smith. Because you're not beating Clemson without the pick six. You know, I think about the big play at Alabama. He had an interception in that game. He had another uh, forced fumble in this game early, Brandon, to raise up the early momentum for Georgia. Chris Smith was one of those intangible guys. You need a big play, you're getting it from Soldier Chris. We saw it against LSU, the alert scoop of the fumble. I mean, LSU goes right down the field, right? Second drive, they're getting ready to score, take a lead, block field goal. Nope, Chris Smith scoops it up seven the other way. That guy's not going to be there. We're hoping Malachi Starks, and he played very well for a freshman, but can he make those kind of plays? Because that was that was Hall of Fame stuff from Chris Smith. Well, Javon Bullard yesterday also talked about how much he's enjoyed playing next to Chris Smith. And, you know, we spent some time before the, you joined us talking about the, the process of identifying players who are going to be at a place like Georgia who are way better than what their recruiting profile suggests. Now, Georgia's got a lot of guys who are elite recruits that everybody wanted. They were the kind of the can't-miss prospects. You can't win a national championship without those guys. But Smith's another guy. He was you know, uh, certainly a touted recruit, uh, but to have played at Georgia the way that he's played is beyond anything I could have ever imagined where he really kind of goes down as one of the best safeties of the Kirby Smart era. And by the way, that's a long list. That's the J.R. Reeds. That's the Lewis Saints. That's the Richard LeCounts. But beyond that, one of the best safeties this program has ever had. What Smith has done with his career, and I'll tell you a quick story. Now, uh, I'll, let's talk about this. So we interviewed Chris as a recruit. Um, near the end of his senior year. And he's such a good guy, and he's so easy to root for at that point in time. And, like, the one thing that I, I, I'll admit, I noticed about him, he's just small, he's a small guy. And I thought, boy, that's a small guy. Is this guy going to really succeed at Georgia? Well, it just so happens that a few weeks after that, we'd interviewed him again. This was, like, right after he kind of got into Georgia as an early enrollee, but he had been honored from one of these all-star things. So I had a chance to – or I should say one of those end-of-year banquet type things. So I had a chance to interview him again. In just a matter of a few weeks, he was already starting to kind of rock up a little bit. He had already, you know, been working hard and had kind of put on even a little bit more weight since the last time I'd saw him before. And you kind of got that little bit of a glimpse of – oh, this is a guy who's going to work himself into whatever he has to be. This is a guy who, coming from 
hate Bill Charter, where you know that's obviously a little bit of a challenge in circumstance in terms of the way that he's practiced, and a lot's been made of that. This is a guy that's going to. He doesn't care where he came from. He just knows where he wants to go. And he's pushed himself every step of the way on that. And, Mike, there's a degree to that for me, which is not just fun as a Georgia fan to watch the way this team has come together. But it's also inspiring. It's inspiring to say, hey, I hope one day I have the kind of tenacity that Chris Smith has shown as a player to be way better than almost anyone would have ever given him a chance to be. He's not the only one that has stories like that. But, man, stories like that are certainly worth telling. Well, and he's a role model. And when you've got a guy, when your best player is your hardest worker, and that was certainly the case on defense – it makes it easier for everyone else. And to your point, Chris learned under J.R. Reed, and 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 uh, he also learned under Richard LeCount. And he every and I noticed every time I saw him, he got bigger f- from season to season, from 2020 to 2021 to 2022. But those plays that he made, those timely turnover plays, I mean, that was remarkable. Those are things that you know maybe at the end of the day you you, you don't put it all together, but you just look at the trend over time. I'll tell you what I really like is when we talk about guys that are coming back. This Jamon Dumas Johnson and Smile Munden combination. Yeah. And and here's what you need to know. So you, you've seen. JDJ, and he's very demonstrative. He gets on guys. He gets in their face. But what Smile Monday does, he's the guy that pulls him aside and goes, hey, man, right. it's going to be – it's a good cop, bad cop. I'm going to write this story. I've already talked – good cop, bad cop. When you've got leadership like that, and that's what Georgia has, I mean, really, anything's possible. And, you know, I, I did a show with uh, Jeremy Pruitt last night. He's like, man, these guys haven't even got off the plane. You're already talking 3 P. I I said, coach, it ain't me. I said, it, it's them, Aaron Smith. You know, what? you want to talk about a great story. Here's a guy that only had three catches all year long. He goes three for 129. I don't know if you beat Ohio State without Arian Smith, right? And he's going to be healthy next year. You may have the fastest man healthy for 15 games next season. And I asked Arian, he said, what do you think about this year? What do you think about next year? He said, listen, I don't want to say a lot, but we might be even better next year. And I'm told, you just said a lot, but he's right. Amarius Mims. I pull Amarius Mims aside. You want to talk about a five-star and a mauler? Okay, Broderick Jones probably out the door. Enter Amarius Mims, your next All-American and first-round pick. I said, Amarius, trials and tribulations. Everybody goes through them. He said, I made an immature decision to go down there to Florida State. My teammates welcomed me back. You know, and, and to hear Amarius talk about that and talk about the team and the chemistry in the offensive line room, I said, man, here's the next leader. It's already happening with these guys, B.A. So to me, that's what was so exciting is, again, I went in there to write an end-of-the-year story, and I came out more excited than ever about next season. And that's what's so incredible about Dog Nation. I mean, we're going to celebrate in Athens. We're going to have the team and the parade and all that, all the coverage on Dog Nation Saturday. But as much as I'm going there to see the fans celebrate this year, I'm already going through the storylines for next year in my mind. Because I don't, it, this Kirby Smart, this is an ending. This is, not, this is how it works in championship programs, two national titles, the dynasty's underway. And even Kirby said, I'm going to be thinking about all this on the, on the plane on the way home. Well, Mike, it's appreciate you stopping by and being a part of this with us here today. Safe travels going back to uh, Georgia. Uh, Good coverage all week long. We'll look forward to playing more from you here in this offseason there as well. All right, look forward to it. Thanks. Good stuff there from Mike Griffith from uh, Dog Nation there. Getting ready to go back to Georgia today, as a lot of us are, at least um, some of us are. Many of you have kind of already made your way back there. So uh, we just appreciate you being with us and allowing us to do this for you here on Dog Nation Daily today. we also got plenty more fun stuff coming up for you here too. Uh, I I do want to give you a couple quick shout-outs, though, just to kind of uh, set the stage for what else we have to do. Obviously, we've had 
had great folks who've been with us for all of this throughout the entire time, including our friends at Kroger there as well. So I want to give a special thank you to, to Kroger. Obviously, we couldn't travel around and uh, do what we do in a day like this if not for uh, Kroger. And there is a big, big event going down today that you need to know about as it relates to Kroger because I actually put this out on my Twitter. Uh, the National Championship Trophy is going to be in the Athens area, Kroger, today. So if you want to be a part of that and see that, today is a day to get a chance to do that. It's the National Championship Trophy presented by Dr. Pepper on display in Athens from 4 to 7 p.m. today. It's 191 Alps Road. It's the Kroger right there, 191 Alps Road. Uh, and the, the, the trophy is going to be there. I actually got a chance to take my picture with the trophy yesterday. Jeff Sintel was good enough to do that, and I'll probably share that at some point in time. Uh, but uh, if you want your own chance to see that national championship trophy, courtesy of our friends at Dr. Pepper, they're at Kroger, 191 Alps Road. Uh, it's where it's going to be. You can get your, uh, uh, you can get your uh, picture taken with it. It's the same championship trophy that George was given for winning there on Monday. And our folks at Kroger, obviously big supporters of the dogs, giving you a chance to see that national championship trophy today at the Kroger Alps Road. It's 191 Alps Road. 4 to 7 p.m. So make sure you're there and make sure you're a part of that. It's a great photo opportunity for you to get your photo taken with the National Championship Trophy. And how much fun is it to be able to say that once again? Go for two and 22. The mission is complete. It's dog national champions and back two back years. And we're obviously enjoying that and looking forward to seeing all of you in Athens on Saturday as that National Championship Trophy celebration uh, once again takes place. Folks getting a chance to really let these dogs hear just how proud they are of them and how much they've enjoyed all of that. All right, I want to transition now to a little bit more. There was a funny moment yesterday and I didn't want the show to end without getting a chance to kind of have some fun with this. So protocol in these instances is for the head coach and the defensive MVP, the offensive MVP to be on and for the for the final press conference on that Tuesday. Uh, Stetson Bennett was not able to make it, not able to join. We don't have confirmation as to why Bennett might not have been able to be there, but uh, but we do have some suspicions of why Mr. Bennett may not have been quite feeling up to his uh, up to his best as far as you know not being here in this uh, hotel ballroom where that uh, where that press conference took place yesterday. So I wanted to show you this just because it's funny. In fact, as you watch this video, I want you to uh, watch for Javon Bullard. He kind of laughs when the question gets asked about where Stetson was. But in the midst of that, Kirby also kind of transitions to something I think that's actually pretty serious, important for us to talk about too. So let's have some fun with Stetson being a no-show for yesterday's national championship winning press conference. This is good from uh, Kirby on that, plus some pretty wise words from Kirby here too. So once again, Kirby from yesterday. First thing, uh, Stetson was supposed to be here this morning. How's the young man feeling uh, the day after? Uh, and two, uh, a few days ago, you were talking about your season for next year start actually today. Uh, are you going to put that on pause and appreciate what you guys were able to accomplish? Uh, yeah, I mean, I am concerned about our season in next year. I'll be thinking about that the entire flight home and things we can do right now. Like what is what is what's important now, right? WIN, that's our motto. And I know people think that's like unheard of, but you actually have to. I, there'll be time to take off. It's just not today because um, decisions are imminent. We have several players on our team who uh, who stuck it out. Like like they didn't have to. They could have said, "I'm going in the portal." We had several guys that said, Coach, I'd like to go in the portal. I'm going to go in the portal, but I want to win a national championship. And, like, that makes me want to cry because they did it for the team over themselves. 
and that makes me really proud. So, you know, that, 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 that time is now for them because the portal is a real thing. It's a vehicle to go somewhere else where you can be successful. And um, we had some guys make sacrifices to do that. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, as far as that's and I don't know. I didn't, uh, I didn't see him, obviously. All right, so I think that's really good from Kirby Smart. The funny part is obviously Stetson not being there. Javon Bullard clearly thought that was kind of funny. Kirby, if you see the video, it's kind of dark, so you may not be able to see it too great. But um, Kirby also kind of laughed at first about Stetson not being there. Then he eventually sort of transitioned back to his kind of serious way of answering questions like that. But, but in the midst of that, you know, he did talk about the fact that he's already thinking about, you know, some of this kind of stuff as he's, you know, Going back to Georgia on the plane, clearly the, the job of managing the roster. Georgia's hosting junior recruits coming up this weekend. Obviously, uh, a lot of folks recruiting-wise want to be in the building for the national championship celebration. So it's not too soon to start talking about the 2024 class and you know all that. And you do have the transfer portal stuff going on. So so clearly, you know Kirby knows the players are thinking about that. He himself has got to think about that. But the other thing here is, I just think that you can't lose this you got you got to fully appreciate this there are guys at georgia who knew they were leaving and they know that they feel like their football opportunity is better for them somewhere else and yet they didn't leave during the playoff they stayed and they were a part of it buster faulkner's about to be georgia tech offensive coordinator he's only an analyst he's an off-field guy at georgia but he stayed to be a part of this national championship there was a mission to be completed here and seemingly no one wanted to step away from that or at least very few wanted to step away from that before that mission was done and in a lot of ways kirby probably modeled that you know kirby uh, stayed at Alabama in 2015. He was hired as the the Georgia head coach, but he finished that year off as Alabama defensive coordinator. And Smart, over the years, has talked about how challenging that was for his time because he's working as hard for Georgia, you know, then as he is now. But he was also doing another job while doing that. I'm guessing he probably wasn't sleeping at all uh, during that particular time. But but he kind of provides the example that others are now following in terms of the fact that players who know they're leaving, well, they waited. Players who know they're going to the NFL draft, they stayed and they. Could contributed here they were a part of something that was bigger that is bigger than they are that's what georgia football is really all about it's this thing that existed before we got here it'll exist after we're gone and while we're here we contribute to it and in our way whether you be a player your coach whether you be a you know fan whatever else we contribute to it that's what makes it uh, bigger than us and it's the timelessness of it all. And these players seemingly did that. And Kirby said, it makes me want to cry to think about that. And honestly, there is something about that that I think ought to inspire a little bit of emotion in all of us. That in a day and age in which we're told the players, oh, they're selfish or they're this or they're that. Not these players. Not these players. Even the guys that will have their hands shaken and wish them well as they move on somewhere else. You know, while they were here, they were fully committed, it seems, to the process. And there isn't enough space and pl place on the field for everybody to play as much as they want to. And, uh, you know, I, listen, I understand players want to play. Not everybody can play at Georgia as much as that they want to. Some guys are going to make the courageous decision to say, I'm going to stick it out and see how it plays out of here. Some guys are going to say, hey, I'm going to, you know, feel like my best – path is somewhere else and who am I to say what's right or wrong for any particular player I think that's their own decision to kind of make here but the fact that 
whatever the future holds, whether it be moving on to the NFL or moving on to another school, as Kirby said, these guys for now wanted to stay here, want to be a part of that. I think they uh, deserve your appreciation for that. I know as a member of Dog Nation, you'll give it to them. But uh, clearly, uh, a lot of players, even guys you didn't really see on the field on Monday, a lot of players did a great job in contributing to the vibe that ultimately results in the success that Georgia has. All right, so we're going to do this here. We're going to – Get ready to start rolling to some of your comments here in a moment, and we'll kind of uh, have some fun with that. We'll also have a way of saying some uh, some fun golden shoes here coming up uh, there as well. Let me give a couple shout-outs before we get to our golden shoes. First of all, the finished long drink has been with us uh, for a long time here. Uh, we'll do our big finish here coming up again on Friday. I had somebody say the other day, B.A., tell us how many finished long drinks you had after uh, Georgia won the uh, national championship. Listen, I'll never say on that. Uh, that'll be my little secret. But uh, one way or another, we were all enjoying ourselves uh, on Monday night into a Tuesday morning after that national championship. And, of course, you have that same chance to do that, too. If you've never tried the finished long drink, that's the right time to do it. You can go online, thelongdrink.com, and you can pick some up. There's four different varieties. There's the cranberry. There's the uh, long drink strong. That's 8.5% alcohol by volume. Long drink zero. No carbs, no sugar. There's the long drink traditional. It's in the blue can. It's got the gin kick. Uh, got the grapefruit flavor. Uh, if you've never tried it, just put in your zip code, and you can find out where you can pick some up. You know, Bars, restaurants, all kinds of places near you. I always see it at golf courses, it seems like. So uh, wherever you want to go, uh, there is a very good chance the finished long drink will be there with you. So uh, make sure you enjoy that. And uh, we're certainly happy to have the finished long drink with us. And we'll see you on Friday for the big finish with the finished long drink. So if you had some long drink as a part of your national championship celebration on Monday or your game watching party, send us some photos here and we'll showcase you as a part of the big finish here presented by the uh, finished long drink. Also, let me say this. I'm kind of going out of order here and I apologize for that. Uh, the, the typical order that I do. But don't forget, in the aftermath of Georgia winning the national championship, we've opened up some staterooms on board Independence of the Seas for our big cruise with Dog Nation coming up in April. So many of you have already booked. I've heard from some of you who are saying, I can't wait to be there. Others of you have been kind of on the fence about joining us. Well, it's time now to go ahead and get that cemented, get those plans established to be with us on board the second ever cruise with Dog Nation here coming up uh, when we get together in April for that. So you've heard me talk about Jessica Slater. She is a travel agent specially selected by Royal Caribbean to help us get you on board to get you booked up, but also planning some of the great events that we're going to do. Because in addition to all the regular fun stuff that you do on board Independence of the Seas, I'm talking about the great specialty restaurants, the entertainment, the the, the fun, the water slides, the, the trip to Perfect Day Coco Cay, and all the stuff that goes along with that. In addition to all of that, we're also going to have some special Dog Nation events too. Last year, we had a chance to rewatch the national championship game at a big game watching party. Well, guess what? We get to do another one of those this year with another national championship game. Last year we had a great final night of the uh, cruise the first round of the nfl draft we celebrated as a great number of dogs heard their name called by nfl commissioner roger goodell well guess what we're gonna get to do that again here there as well because once again the final night of this cruise is the first round of the nfl draft and once again a few georgia bulldogs at least uh, are expected to feature prominently in this first round so it'll be another opportunity for a great celebration from all of us and we want you to be a part of it last year's was fun this year already is going to be even bigger and the chance to make it the best it can possibly be means you need to make the decision to be there so uh, royaldogs.com is the website that's royaldogs.com you can also give jessica slater a call at the number you see there on your screen and we will see you on board for our, our second ever cruise with dog nation april 24th to the 28th we're leaving out of port canaveral it's just past orlando 
Uh, we're going to NASA on the Bahamas. We're going to Perfect Day, Coco K, and we want you to be a part of it. All right, let me do a few golden shoes, then I'll give a shout-out uh, a couple more before we're said and done here. But I want to give some golden shoes out for a moment. So th for those of you watching on video, you'll see this. Georgia on tap shared this with me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the reference from Newman from Seinfeld, obviously. The character played by Wayne Knight. Well, Wayne Knight, a UGA grad. Uh, Newman and the show was Mailman. And what Wayne Knight said on Twitter is, from one UGA Mailman to another, congratulations, Stetson Bennett IV and Go Dogs. Nice to hear uh, Wayne, who's a uh, obviously big Georgia fan, Georgia grad, and a pretty famous person in Hollywood because of his roles like Newman on Seinfeld. Uh, nice to see him giving a little bit of love to Stetson Bennett. And obviously the, the Mailman nickname will live on forever on that. Uh, Matt Rukavina, who's one of our great commenters on uh, multiple comment sections from time to time, he shared this with me. Uh, Mattress Mac, some of you know who this is, some of you don't. Mattress Mac's become a very famous sports better. He's like a big wig business guy in Texas. He has a mattress, uh, you know, company, as you would expect Mattress Mac to have the name. And a few years ago, he got famous for betting on the Houston Astros in the World Series. And since then, he'll bet millions of dollars from time to time on sporting events, including he had upwards of $2 million, I believe, bet on TCU against Georgia. And so, uh, 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 Matt Rukavina, who lives out in the Houston area, sent this picture of uh, Mattress Mac on social media saying that he was getting cooked. Yeah, uh, that is a big seven-figure loss for Mr. Mac. Sounds like he's got plenty of money. He's not too worried about that, I don't guess. Uh, but Georgia's big win has cost Mattress Mac some money in a big way there, so I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Also, uh, uh, Kirby's Bowl Cuts shared this. The next year's national championship game is going to take place in Houston. In fact, the committee from Houston was actually in L.A. yesterday to kind of they do this like sort of ceremonial passing of the baton. The L.A. folks giving it over to the Houston folks. And so now Houston's year is up on this. And they'll get ready to host next year's game. And obviously Georgia fans expect to be there once again. And uh, uh, Kirby's bowl cut sharing with me that right next to the stadium, NRG Stadium in Houston, the road that runs uh, parallel to that stadium is called Kirby Drive. So maybe that's a good omen for these dogs being there. Uh, again, next year, the fact that the road, it would appear, is already named after Kirby Smart. That's uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, Michael Lawson shared this. Um, he says, hear me out. Can we uh, change the music on the show from now on to Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship? Well, <laughs> I certainly get the uh, sentiment there on that, that uh, it certainly appears there is no stopping these Georgia Bulldogs. I don't quite know how the big tech sensor overlords would uh, appreciate us using the commercial music too much. I'm sure we'd get slapped on the wrist if we started uh, you know, playing the commercial music around here. But nonetheless, the uh, song itself is certainly very appropriate for Georgia because it would certainly appear at the moment there is nothing stopping these Georgia Bulldogs. Michael will give you a golden shoe there as well. Speaking of Stetson as the mailman, Joshua Campbell says, uh, we're going to miss the mailman, a true DGD. Uh, got two in 22, uh, now going to go for three in 23. says, yeah, you better believe we're going to get there eventually on that. And uh, he's got the uh, mailman logo that says straight out of the post office for Stetson Bennett, the mailman, a national champion at Georgia. That is awesome. Uh, Jeff Doak also shares just the kind of sort of, uh, what is that? Uh, is that Rafiki? The meme from The Lion King you see a lot of times with Ugga being held up. The two national championship trophies. Uh, golden shoe going there on that. And then, of course, I, I wanted to read this to um, on a more serious note here for a moment, uh, go for two and 22 on Twitter, uh, uh, a, a very fun username and, uh, and uh, avatar, the go for two and 22 name there on Twitter shares this with me. And I think for so many people, this is kind of how the national championship will be experienced by you. Uh, he writes in to say, I'm thinking about my brother. He was a lifelong fan whose life was bookended by UGA titles, born in 1980 and uh, passed away uh, earlier this September. He says, I would have never guessed that the dogs would also do a victory lap and give us a second one 
one. I know he was celebrating with Dooley and Munson and all the dogs that are up there in heaven. And I think that's really well said. Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Pace Kiever is the name and uh, kind of a beautiful drawing here that I think uh, kind of touches on all of that. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I know that for so many people, you feel the kind of the same thing of, man, I wish for me it'd be my dad, my grand, you know, parents. I, I, I wish they were here to see this. I, I know my dad would just be loving this right now. And so many of you are the same thing. Connor talked about uh, his own version of that yesterday, that so many of you uh, are, are kind of thinking about other people that would have just been in the middle of all of this and having such a good time. And so as we're celebrating right now, we do so with heavy hearts because we are thinking about those that have kind of you know, been a part of this, and, and, and uh, we would love to still be celebrating with them, but it's nice to think where Coach Dooley is, like Munson is, and uh, all of our family members who have uh, gone on, they're looking down from heaven saying, man, I cannot believe how good George is. Why couldn't they have been this good when we were alive? I, mean, I, I, I know that, um, that a lot of folks are kind of looking down on that and thinking um, – it's really, really special to see what George is doing right now. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, we're certainly sorry for your loss. And um, just, just very, very nice to think about those that have contributed to the fun that we've had as fans over the years and the experiences we've had because of the, uh, of the people that we've been able to cheer on these dogs with. So truly a well-deserved golden shoe coming your way there. With that said, I'll also uh, give a shout out here to our friends at uh, MyBookie. Of course, uh, if you bet big on the Georgia Bulldogs, you're looking pretty good here right now. Well, guess what? Uh, there's more action you can get down as you head towards the NFL playoffs and all the stuff that lets you pass the time before college football starts up again. The best way to have some fun with that, we believe, is to have a bad down on the game. No better place to do that than our friends at MyBookie. In fact, if you haven't opened your MyBookie account, as I said before, this might be a really good time to do that and get that big deposit bonus when you do. They're, they're going to double your initial deposit up to $1,000. That means you put in $500, they'll give you $500 in your account there as well. That means you've got $1,000 right there, and they'll do this up to $1,000 for you. So you're literally a winner before you place your first bet. Then after that, you win, you get paid. It's just as simple as that gets with our friends at MyBookie, but to get the big deposit bonus, you got to use the promo code DOGNATION. That's all one word, spelled the way it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G, all one word with a DOGNATION. You use that promo code, and you uh, get the big deposit bonus, and then after that, you're set up, you're playing, and you're having a good time with the sports that are kind of taking place now before college football gets back here again, and the, our, our, our long wait for the uh, next season begins right now. But for Georgia fans, it'll be a fun one because it is with a national championship in hand. So with all that said, I'll tell you, Gator-Hater Countdown stands now at 290 days. Yes, Georgia's basking the Globe National Championship, another one. Yes, it's back-to-back uh, -back dog national champions, but in the midst of all that, we can also laugh at those lousy, stinking Gators because they're as far removed from all of this kind of stuff as anyone can be. And 290 days from now, George is going to beat them again. Now, I was having some conversation with some friends yesterday. It did occur to me that if you like the cocktail party, you better enjoy it because Kirby's now won two national championships. And listen, uh, at this point in time, even those of us who are very pro cocktail party, I believe... <laughs> I believe our chances of holding off Kirby Smart on getting what he wants on this, that may have gone away. That may be done with. So enjoy it. You better go to Brogan's or uh, Millie Island or St. Simon's, wherever it is you want to do. You better soak that up while you can because my guess is um, it's not going to be long-lasting. But 290 days from now, we'll still get to do it. So uh, we'll see you then for that. We'll make that our Gator Hater Countdown. And we'll see all of you back here tomorrow on Dog Nation Daily presented by Breda Pest Management.